Welcome to the Dairy Farmer of Canada's ProAction podcast series, Paths to On-Farm Excellence, where we discuss priority topics for Canadian dairy farmers. My name's Stephen Roach. I'm an epidemiologist with a passion for dairy cattle health and welfare. I own and operate an animal health and welfare consulting company called Acer Consulting, and I'm part of a team that's working with the Dairy Farmers of Canada to help showcase Canadian dairy farming stories, industry updates, and the latest science, advice, and perspectives on high-priority topics that relate to ProAction. You'll find this channel features a number of different series, from animal care to biosecurity and beyond. This podcast series features conversations with farmers, veterinarians, nutritionists, hoof trimmers, and other farm advisors, researchers, and many other industry stakeholders. Our goal is to provide farmers and their advisors with useful information that can be applied back home on the farm. If you like the content here, don't forget to subscribe to our feed and tell your friends. Our next discussion takes place with Dr. Todd Duffield, a professor at the Ontario Veterinary College. Todd's research interests range from things like metabolic diseases in dairy cows to impact prevention and management of production-limiting disease, pain management, and cull cows. Dr. Duffield's work on cull cows is what brings us together today. I sat down with Todd to discuss his perspectives on the issue, to tell us a little bit about what the research shows us and tells us about the risks associated with transportation of dairy cattle, and how producers can make more informed decisions about assessing fitness for transport. So, let's jump in. Well, Todd, thanks for coming. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. My pleasure. So um, I want to get um, a couple of different discussions going on with with uh, folks around Canada that have different perspectives on cull cows um, and, and looking at that, you know, from the animal health and welfare perspective in particular. And so I guess uh, a question I'd like to ask just right off the start is, you know, there's a lot of focus and discussion on particular on the welfare of, of cull cows and cows that are just being transported generally. Um, what's the what's the big focus here? Why are we so concerned about that? That's a great question. I, I think cull cows are, are a, a major issue, actually, for, for a number of reasons. I, I think um, uh, we see it um, in, in this practice because our, uh, our, our uh, ruminant uh, veterinary team does uh, inspections at the, at the local sales barn. Uh, and, and so we see some of the cows that come through, uh, from, through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think so. So first of all, a lot of the sales barns, at least in Ontario, and I suspect are around the country, are are public places. And so, if you have cows that are visibly different than uh, some of the better quality beef animals that go through, it could uh, create some questions amongst the, amongst the public. Uh, certainly, we see cows that are uh, are segregated by the the sales barn staff for um, being abnormal that they've identified and and then veterinarians have a look at those cows. And so some of the things that we're seeing are are severely lame cows, for example, uh, cows that are um, uh, really low in in body condition score. And then there there may also be health issues in in some of those cows. And so I think think we're seeing um, some of the decisions that might be being made on farm showing up at the sales barn. Not to say that all of those conditions um, happen necessarily Prior to transport, some of them could certainly happen during transport as well, depending on how those uh, how far those cows go. 
Um, so I think the issue of cull cows are, uh, are, are a welfare issue for sure. And, and I think it starts on the farm. Um, you know, so, so making better decisions around, um, whether an animal is fit for transport is, is a starting place. And that has to begin with, uh, with the farm. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really nice segue into some of the work that, uh, that we're trying to do and many others in Canada and, and elsewhere, particularly in North America, it seems given the long travel distances we might experience and, and the different challenges we have in, with, with geography. Um, what does assessment of fitness for transport look like? What, what in particular should farmers be doing when they're making those decisions about, should I ship this animal? Is she good enough to, to withstand the travel to auction or to direct to slaughter, for example? I think the first thing to realize, and, and I've found in some producer meetings I've conducted uh, for veterinary clinics in the past three or four years, uh, the pr- producers don't think about the, the system that we're, they're placing the cow into. Uh, and so that cow gets on a truck, she, she goes to a to sales barn probably the same day, but, but maybe the day before the sale in some cases, and then, um, and then she gets sold, and depending on who the buyer is and where that intended um, market is um, from that buyer, which could be local, but in many cases it's not. It's actually in, in the U.S. It might be Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or in other parts of the country. It might be somewhere in, um, in Washington, for example. And so the cow actually doesn't, I think the, the, the first thing to realize is the cow does not get slaughtered the first day. Um, she goes on a truck and she goes to a sale and then depending on where she's going to go, it, it, in all likelihood is going to be three or four days on average. And in some cases it may, it may be longer. It might be seven, eight days. And so that cow has to be able to withstand that, that journey. So then I think you have to put that lens on when you're thinking about fitness for transport as a starting point. And then I would say there's some very simple things that, uh, the farmer can, can do to evaluate the cow. And, uh, so that would include, um, checking her body temperature. You know, we, we see cows at the sale that we've checked, um, that have been segregated that look abnormal. And, and the first thing we do is check their temperature. And if they're febrile, that's an issue. They're not supposed to be transported at all. So that's a very simple test that a, a farmer can do on farm. Um, you know, is she lame? And, uh, you know, what, I guess if I was asked to look at a cow and assess her for lameness, that might be very different than what farmers might um, recognize. So, so there are some uh, education uh, that's required around lameness in general, I think. Uh, but certainly if she's, if she's noticeably limping, that cow shouldn't be going on a truck. In fact, uh, according to CFIA regulations, she's not supposed to be transported until she's sound. So, so those cows maybe need to be treated. Um, and uh, that could be done by a veterinarian. It could be done by a hoof trimmer, depending on the issue, or, um, or it could even be done by the farm uh, management itself. Body condition is another consideration. Body condition on its own isn't necessarily a reason not to send a cow, but there are way too many cows going through the, the slaughter facilities and the sales barn facilities that are a body score of two or less. Right. And that often is connected with another health issue. Those cows may also be lame or they may have another uh, health problem. And so, you know, just scoring the cows and making sure that they're they're in a good body condition score um, that's that's a good place to start. If they are uh, a score of two, you know, a judgment has to be made on whether that cow is fit or not. But um, 
those cows will sell for less. And we've done some work here where, uh, where the, the price per pound is going to be less. And if there's a way to put score on those cows, um, if by feeding them for a period of time, um, there's an opportunity there both to put weight on, but also get, get more money uh, per pound. So that's, uh, I think, a consideration as well. Uh, so those are the, f- the first three things I would look at would be would be temperature, uh, lameness assessment, and body score. Uh, I'd want to make sure that the cow hasn't been treated recently. That's not a fitness for transport issue, but it is a human safety issue, yeah, sure. right? And so just making sure that those withdrawals are okay um, before she goes on a truck, good thing to check. Uh, the next thing would be uh, the udder. And uh, one of the common health issues that we see in these cows is, in fact, mastitis. Um, so the temperature may pick that up, but um, maybe uh, just a quick CMT on that cow would be would be worthwhile. Uh, a subclinical mastitis event is not likely going to be a problem, but if she has clinical mastitis, that cow isn't maybe going to be uh, looked at for three, four days, as I, as I said, um, before she gets slaughtered. And uh, that can blow up into a quite, an, a quite a challenging case of mastitis in some cases. So that's, uh, that's another thing I would check. Uh, and, you know, just generally, if there's anything else that's abnormal, you see lumps in this cow, you see something else that just looks abnormal, then um, that's worth checking out uh, to be sure that she's okay to be uh, transported as well. And cattle that are in heavy lactation, I see that as a comment in a lot of resources more and more about where is she at in stage of lactation. Is that a, con- a condition or a, a, an aspect characteristic we should be focusing on? Well, I, I think it is a welfare concern when these cows are, are just um, milked this morning and then put on a truck. You know, and I've had producers voice that concern once they find out that the cow isn't going to be slaughtered today. She's, right. she's going to be three or four days. So I think a consideration around um, drying these cows off first, maybe feeding them for a few weeks with some sweep ups or something that's, uh, you know, a, a feed that's not um, being prepared directly for that cow is, is an opportunity to make these cows more fit for transport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great comment. Um, is the industry making progress on on shipping compromised animals or animals that end up showing up at a sale or or um, at the end of their their journey um, with compromised health and welfare? Are we making progress? It's it's a great question, uh, Steve, and I, I I think it's a tough question to answer because uh, we don't have really good statistics on on that. To be perfectly honest, we've tried to track uh, some of that data provincially and. Um, so we would look at uh, things like uh, the percent of cows that might be um, euthanized at a sales barn because they were uh, unfit for transport and and not treatable. Those numbers really haven't changed a lot in the last four years. Um, so from that, you might say maybe we haven't made any progress. But I, I honestly think we have because we've created some awareness and dialogue. And I think the industry generally is more aware that this is an issue. We've had... Um, I know uh, producer meetings here in the province of Ontario. We had a NFAC had a had a cull cow expert opinion um, workshop in Ottawa a few years back, and that's led to a, a paper that kind of discusses the cull cow issue. So I think, in if you um, if your criteria is are, are people more aware that there's an issue? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's true, but we still have a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. And and thinking about it, you know trying to improve that decision. 
uh, at the first point that decision is being made on the farm. Um, you know, where where does the vet factor in here? I mean, um, surely there's an opportunity for them to provide some feedback and, and maybe help with those decisions where you go, you know, I'm not sure. Is she is she fit enough for transport within that three to five day range if that's the, the timeline we're looking at? Sure. I think there's lots of opportunity for veterinary involvement here, actually. I think um, as a starting point, I think that it could easily be part of a, and should be, honestly, part of uh, a good uh, health management package that's offered to, to dairy producers. So thinking about, you know, not just um, evaluating the reproduction and the other health of cows, which veterinarians tend to do very well, but um, also branching into to culling decisions and and, you know, talking about that. At herd visits, hey, have you got any cows that you're planning to send in the next couple of weeks? Maybe we should have a look at them. Um, could be, it could go a long ways to, to helping producers with mm-hmm. those decisions. And then on the individual cows, certainly uh, at, you don't necessarily have to call the, the, the veterinarian out to every one of those cows. But with technology today, it could be uh, a short video with some questions, you know, should I send this cow, doc? Uh, and I know veterinarians that are that are starting to get those messages from producers, and I think you know we can we can use our technology and uh, and our knowledge to try and uh, uh, support producers in in those decisions. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great! And and when I chat with with other vets. Um, Many times they've mentioned, you know, when I get the call, I start to think about the, a couple other options. If the answer is no, she shouldn't be shipped, you know, to a sale, you know, maybe I'm interested in looking at direct-to-slaughter option or, uh, you know, on-farm euthanasia has to be a consideration. Um, I know direct-to-slaughter isn't an option for everyone in, in Canada. There are some regional, you know, differences there. But can you speak about, you know, what from a veterinary lens, what, you know, when you get sort of that call in, in the question mark, um, what options might need to be on the table from a veterinary standpoint to promote and maintain animal welfare? Yeah, absolutely. I think both of those uh, decision-making uh, points are are very important. So one being uh, perhaps euthanizing cows in some cases instead of putting them on a truck, that's an important uh, decision point that we need to uh, promote. Uh, and then also, uh, as you say, uh, exploring direct to slaughter options. And as, as you pointed out, it's, it's not an option necessarily in every place, but, uh, there are, uh, cows that would definitely benefit from, from that decision. And so one example might be, um, simply a cow that has a displaced albumasum, otherwise healthy, but the, for whatever reason, the producer doesn't want to do the surgery on that cow. Maybe there's a number of other replacements coming up that are better choices to to bring into the herd, and and spending the the money on that cow isn't isn't worthwhile. That cow can definitely be slaughtered, but if she ends up going through the system and, and she's longer than three or four days in the system, she could end up not making it all the way to slaughter, and and that becomes a welfare concern. So we've helped producers where possible try try to find local uh, direct slaughter options. And so I think that you know if if you live in an area where there are uh, those options, uh, finding out how to do that and and making a plan to to do that ahead of time, so that when you are faced with one of those um, decisions, you can you can opt into that. Um, that option as a as a solution to the, to that particular cow. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's great. And I guess it, the one thing I, I meant to, I wanted to touch on before, because you you kind of alluded to some of those characteristics, you know, that you want to you want to assess before you're making this decision. Was you guys at, here at OVC have developed a sort of a tool, a checklist, a risk assessment, if you will, to sort of help help make that um, that decision a little easier, a little more objective, maybe is the right word. Um, is this something that producers should be using? Can they use this? Is that something that can help guide decisions? Yeah, absolutely. We we sort of scratched out our team scratched out a you know a, I think it was a seven item uh, simple question form, and we tested it out through a, a group of veterinarians that participated in a in a bit of a pilot study, and and then they um, enrolled uh, producers that were willing to participate in that, and uh, overall I think that uh, our, our results show that the producers found that a useful exercise. And so I think whether that form is a, is a paper form or if someone might get creative and, and create some kind of an app that uh, mimics that paper, um, I think having that tool, uh, written or electronic, is, is a way to just force yourself to go through uh, th- those quick questions. And it, it shouldn't take too long, but it's it's a good checkpoint to say, hey, you know, I've at least looked at this cow and, and these um, these questions were okay before I sent her or this one wasn't okay and I asked the vet um, with a quick text or whatever right. about this cow and, and then the vet provided a, an opinion on whether that cow should be transported or not. So I think those are, it is a good way to, to, to go about things. Yeah, that's, what, that's why I, f- I find it particularly interesting is to help highlight those areas. You know, you don't know what you don't know sometimes and it might just help ask the question, you know, out loud to someone, whether it's another staff member, a family member or a vet, you know, is this something that we should be considering? Or I didn't know that specific factor was something we need to be really be focused on. Um, hopefully starts the conversation if nothing else, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's the the whole point is to just create some awareness and create some simple tools and producers want to do the right thing. And, uh, and so I think the reason that, um, they're not, is because of a simply a lack of awareness and a lack of tools. And so if we can create awareness and put the tools in in the hands of the producers, I'm confident that we can make progress on this issue for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Um, one uh, comment that uh, we've been looking into a little bit more um, is, you know, how do you prevent yourself from having to get in these situations where you have the question mark? I mean, things always, you know, accidents happen or issues arise that may not be always preventable. Of course, everyone's doing what they can to prevent disease and maintain uh, health and welfare as, as best they can. Um, but sometimes we hear a lot of conversation about proactive culling um, and trying to get a sense of, of what that looks like, you know, having an optimal herd replacement program. So maybe you're shipping animals with reduced production or fertility, but you've got the ability to do that because, uh, you've, well, you've got replacements ready to go. Can you comment at all on what proactive calling sort of means to you or might need to look like for Canadian dairy farmers generally? Sure. Well, I, I mean, calling is a complicated yeah. topic, frankly, uh, because it, it, it's dictated by, by so many things and, um, and it's influenced by, by so many things, both internal, uh, internal elements of the farm itself and, and external influences. So if you have a good reproductive program and a good heifer rearing program, you may find yourself in, in the luxury position of, of being able to make some early calls, um, on cows that are healthy otherwise, but, but you're just 
purely calling on on production and genetic merit and so on. And right. those are what I might call proactive calls. And and there are tools out there like, um, uh, for example, in the dairy comp program, uh, Cal Value mm-hmm. that, that can be used to just as a as a ranking tool, uh, which the veterinarian can help producers with. Um, and it's not a bad idea to look at that every every four months or every six months just to sort of put a ranking in in the herd itself, right? Where these cows are, and and start thinking about calling way before you actually uh, want to make that decision. Either because you don't have space for cows that are calving and you need to make space for for new heifers coming in, or um, because something you know, bad happens and you got to get rid of that cow, right? right? There there are still going to be situations where where bad things happen and you have to make a decision yep. and. I think the other part of that is, you know, is it the right decision to put that cow on a truck or is it the right decision to treat that cow? Or in some cases, perhaps it's the right decision to euthanize that cow. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the other part of this process is um, decision making uh, around euthanasia. Right. Good point. And it's a, it's a big part of the discussion, right? And it can be challenging for some producers to take that on. And, and so there's lots of, about, lots of conversation about getting your vet involved in that, having a protocol and a defined SOP about what, you know, what's the most appropriate way and humane way to, to go about doing that and how do you make that decision. Absolutely. And, and again, like you say, veterinarians should be uh, involved in that, uh, in that process and, uh, and they can certainly guide producers around effective decision-making, uh, around euthanasia. And as you said, it's not, it's not something that any of us really like to do, but you do need a, a, or the producers need a protocol in place for that so that when it happens, they're not, um, hesitating to make that decision. And, uh, and maybe, um, you know, in some cases I think cows go in a truck simply because producers are unable to euthanize the cow and think that maybe this cow is fit enough to get a slaughter and she'll be dealt with there. And, and that, that may not be the right decision. And so, uh, it, it's another topic just on its own. We've mm-hmm. run yeah, time yeah. In, in this, in this discussion for it, but, uh, certainly having the right tools, having the training, um, having the option of phoning someone else, whether that someone else is a, a neighbor or a veterinarian, uh, those, those all need to be, uh, discussed and in place on, on farms. Mm-hmm. For sure. mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Um, my last comment for you, Todd, is I, I like to ask people sort of where you think we're, we're headed as an industry in, in this or other challenges. So in, in particular with cull cows, you mentioned the, the NFAC report that you'd done with the National Farm Animal Health and Welfare Council and, um, some good recommendations, I think about, about some options to improve or opportunities to improve, um, is there anything specific out of that or, or just from where you sit today that you think we as an industry need to really sort of clamp down or do in order to improve the, the health and welfare of cull cows moving forward? Well, I think following that report, and that, that, was read, that report was led by uh, David Fraser and Yanni Stoikoff to, to give those two individuals credit uh, for that. Um, there, there's been a lot of interest in just kind of exploring well, what actually is going on in different provinces. And so as a starting point, uh, I alluded to a study that we, we did here with Allison Moorman, where we looked at cows going through slaughter plants and, and found out that lame cows and thin cows you know, going through um, a, a two, three, um, three sales barns where um, there was veterinary inspection in place, but these are cows that made it through and, and went through the ring. Uh, there was a significant prevalence of, of both lame cows and thin cows. 
and and those two uh, conditions reduce the price. Uh, and then um, Yanni's working on a, a, a some thesis work for towards his PhD, uh, where he's followed cows from from farm to sales barn to slaughter. Right. And, uh, and there's some interesting info that's coming out of that, including how many days are in the system and, and does the condition change through the process. So I think the starting point is to understand what's going on. And then once we understand that, trying to put some ideas in place that, that might help uh, improve things. So as an example, one idea that's, that's come out of Allison's work is, and we already talked about this, could you dry cows off? which would help with their welfare before they were shipped. And could you feed them for a period of time? And, and there, in fact, looks like there might be some, some money on the table there in terms of uh, generating more value out of right. these cows when they're sold, right? So, you know, that might be a, a next step is looking at, at some people that, that might be interested in doing that and, and testing that out, just as, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, out of Yanni's work, maybe we'll, we'll figure out um, more about how the conditions might change in the system itself, and maybe we can figure out a, a way to try to... Uh, help with that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's in the short term that's likely where we're heading. Long term, to be honest with you, and this may not be popular amongst the people that own sales barns, but every time I go to a sale, I look at the number of people buying the animals, and um, it's not very many. And I wonder why we have to have this system where we have mm. to bring animals together uh, to a sale. You know, could we? we have the technology, could we not create a better system where the sale is made on farm and then the trucking is organized um, afterwards so that the cow can go on a truck and go direct to whatever the sales barn, uh, pardon me, whatever the the slaughter facility is. To me, long-term, that would make a a way more efficient system and it would also be a lot better for the welfare of of the animals. Very interesting. Yeah, that's I hadn't thought about that. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, very cool. Well, I think that gives us a good handle on on some of the primary issues we're dealing with in, in cull cows and uh, and hopefully a, a couple opportunities for some solutions. And it sounds like there's much more work to come uh, from Ontario and, and many other areas in Canada and abroad uh, looking at how to improve the issue. So thanks very much, Todd. I appreciate your time and your insight. It's been very helpful. You're very welcome, Steve. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Dairy Farmers of Canada's ProAction podcast series. The focus of this project is to try and help Canadian dairy producers make informed decisions about animal care on their farms and support them in striving for continuous improvement. For more information, please visit the Dairy Farmer of Canada website, dairyfarmers.ca, and don't forget to like and subscribe for more content. This podcast was narrated, edited, and produced by me, Stephen Roach. Thank you to our guests and to you for listening. The project is hosted by the Dairy Farmers of Canada and partly funded by the Canadian Agricultural Partnership, a five-year federal, provincial, territorial initiative. Thanks for listening.